Yesterday, another 160 people died of COVID-19, bringing the official death toll in the UK close to 35,000. There are few people in this country who are as intimately acquainted with death as Lee Solomon. Lee runs a funeral home with his best friend Nathan. It's called Lily's and it's in Southern Coalfield. For the last few weeks, as the peak of COVID deaths came and went, we asked Lee to record his reflections for us. So today's episode is the diary of a funeral director in a pandemic. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from the Times and the Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana, but you won't be hearing from me in this episode. I'm handing over to Lee. It's currently eight minutes past two, Friday the 17th of April. It's been a bit of a busy day running about, but we are getting on top of it. Do apologise for the phone in the background. They are just going off non-stop today, um, so I'm going to have to go to get that. My name's Lee Solomon. I'm the owner and director of Lily's Funeral Directors. I'm only the mighty old age of 30, and Lily's has been going for just over four years now. So it started when I was 26 in 2016. I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a fighter pilot at one point, wanted to be a solicitor, didn't know. I went to university, studied physics for a year and I didn't agree with that. And Nathan, who we set Lilies up with, he's my best friend and we've been friends since, since birth really. We're a few months apart. And we were born on the same street. We grew up going to the same playgroup. Our mums were best friends. So when we was about 21, we both said, if we ever get the opportunity, let's go for it. Let's open up our own funeral home and give the service to families, which we really want to give. I didn't 100% know I'd be able to deal with it. Before opening Lilies, I'd never seen a deceased before, not even any of my own family. I just knew deep down that this was a service that I wanted to provide and my mentality is if a job needs to be done I forget about my own feelings emotions I just need to do it so I knew deep down that no matter what I faced I just I knew I'd be able to do it to to help those families morning it's Lee Solomon checking in it's 9:25 Monday the 20th of April I had an amazing weekend off really needed a good weekend off with my boys we've got like this inflatable uh, obstacle course thing my boys are only two, just over 2 and uh, they absolutely loved it the sun was out and we had such a lovely weekend and I came in this morning really refreshed thinking right going to make sure everyone's cared for everything's done and get on top of everything and the first call I've had to make today was to family's relative that we brought into our care on Friday and we found out they were COVID positive and they wanted to view the loved one in the chapel of rest this morning and I've had to make the call first thing this morning to say unfortunately because they are COVID positive we can't offer a viewing it would have to be a closed coffin obviously to stop any spread of the virus. This lady hasn't seen her husband in weeks. He 
was in a care home that was on lockdown and she wasn't allowed to go to see him in hospital. On a day that I thought, right, sun's out, let's have a positive day, do as much as we possibly can. It's just so difficult. She was really, really heartbroken and he had a wedding ring on and the one thing that she wanted was this wedding ring back and because I feel so horrendous that I felt responsible that she couldn't see him. I know it's not my responsibility, but so I fully PPE'd up. I wore um, two layers of gloves, full gown and masking and eye protection and took off his ring, disinfected it and gave that back to her and... The moment she saw his ring, that for her, that was the closure. When I handed it back, she burst out crying and usually I'd like to comfort someone and just put an arm around him and say, we're here, we're looking after him. I couldn't. I just had to stand in front of her and just watch her cry. And it was it was horrible, but even though she was crying so much and so upset, she still said thank you for taking his ring and giving it back to her. It was just that last thing that we could possibly do. It's currently five o'clock on Friday the 24th of April. After a really, really long busy week, I'm still in the office waiting to head off home but the office um well it looks not like how it usually looks there's paper everywhere scattered over my desk notes left right and center of who i need to call and people to keep up to date with and things that i need to do crematoriums and cemeteries that i need to contact i just got a few more families that i need to call before i head off home um, but before I call them, I'm going to give you a little bit of a walkthrough. So I'm just heading downstairs from our offices. So I'm going to go down into the, the funeral home downstairs and I'm just walking through to the front door now. And just so you can imagine kind of what the families have to go through when obviously it's not a place that they want to visit. They'll turn up at our funeral home and at the moment we're operating on an appointment basis only so the front door is locked which really upsets me when me and Nathan first opened the business we said the door's always open no matter what time of day it is we'll always be available no matter what a family says whatever they want no matter how weird or wonderful or magical it is we'll say yes we'll find a way to do it because that loved one deserves the send-off that the family wants at the moment now we're having to say well, your loved one can have this set, this service, and because of restrictions, this needs to take place. Um, because of social distancing, we can't do this. So, families ring the doorbell. They have to wait for us to come and let them in. We'll open the door and stand back to keep social distancing and invite them into the reception area. We've got our arrangement room on the left. So at the minute, we've got a six-seated long dining table and we ask 
families to go and sit at the furthest end of the dining table and we'll sit at the chair next to the door so we can get out and make our calls that we need to to the cemeteries and crematoriums to book the service while they're here. On the left, we've got our chapel of rest, which is really a really weird room at the moment because we are doing visits, but they're restricted to two people at a time. Family members that would like to be all together and support each other can't be there to hug and hold each other. They have to stagger their visits. And if it's COVID-19, then there's no chapel visits, which is really weird for us having to tell families that they can't see the loved one after they've passed. It's just difficult, really difficult. At the end of the corridor, we've got our medical facilities, our mortuary. Um, so I'm just currently stood in our mortuary now and just looking at our refrigeration facilities, just how busy it is. We're probably at 90% capacity at the moment. We usually operate around about 50 to 60. We have had to take on additional members of staff to cope with uh, how much busy we are. So at Lily's Film Directors, we have, let me count them. So there's me, Nathan, who are full-time. There's Dean, Andrew, Jamie and Callum, who are full-time. And then we've got a number of casual staff that kind of work as and when funeral needs. So if, if we need bearers to carry coffins, then we can, we'll call people kind of on an ad hoc basis. We're having the conversations every morning where... We need to get things done quickly. We need to really manage our time. But at the end of the day, we always have a coffee and me and Nathan both say thank you to everyone and just say it's been, it's hard at the moment, but once it all settles down and um, the restrictions lift and the the day-to-day deaths go down, then we're going to take them all out to just to say thank you for working so hard. It's it, It's a difficult time for the types of conversations we're trying to keep social distancing as much as possible here. When we're passing in corridors, it is difficult. We get on really well. So before, we used to laugh and joke and high-five, doing little things with each other for morale and or tapping each other on the back. But all that stops. It does feel very strange that we don't feel as close. But our service, we do have to get close. Like when we're dressing a deceased, two people need to be within the two metre boundaries, unfortunately. So the restrictions uh, on the distancing, that unfortunately we have to break every now and then, but we're wearing gloves and then if they'll, they change it, they're doing a different role, they'll come out, wash their hands and then depending on what it is, they'll put gloves on again and they'll put masks on as well if they're driving anywhere. And if they're going into houses to bring a loved one into our care, we were very, very kindly donated some protection masks, the visors. So we've got quite a lot of those that we've got to our, our disposal. So we'll wear those if we're going into houses because we never know who's got what, unfortunately.
the way a burial service is conducted due to the restrictions because of COVID-19, it's just so different. I mean, everything, everything about the service isn't how it used to be. So on the day of a funeral service, that's going to be a burial at one of the local cemeteries, it's a strange feeling because we'll either go to the house or we'll just meet at the cemetery. Um, so if we get to the house first, we'll greet the family, keeping our social distance. And then we usually kind of usher them to the car, sit them in. And before I shut the door, I always lean in and just say, hi, everyone, Dean's your driver. If you need anything, please ask him. If you need the temperature up or down or a window open, please ask. Have a safe journey and I'll see you at the cemetery. And that's when I'll close the door nice and softly. I'll walk to the side of the hearse. I'll bow to the coffin that's in the back of the hearse. I'll put my hat on and then I'll walk in front of the hearse. Um, usually about 20 to 30 metres walking down, paying respect to the person who were taking on the final journey. And then I'll, I'll jump in the hearse after bowing once more and we'll take a slow drive to the cemetery gates where usually they're open that feels quite nice and you feel greeted um, just driving but now during the restrictions the gates are closed and there is a cemetery attendance on the gates they'll come to the window and say hello and you'll say this is the funeral for the late person and then they'll count how many people are in the car and then depending on what cemetery it is, um, either six or ten people and then that's the cut-off point. They won't allow any other cars. The gates will close behind the last car to go in and anyone that tries to attend um, won't be allowed in after that. As soon as someone's got COVID-19, we're placing them into their coffin and that's it. That coffin is sealed. The coffin outside is disinfected and that's the protocol that we've put in place and what the guidance is from our trade body within the funeral industry. It's not the deceased that are actually the ones that we have to really worry about. It's their family members that are the ones that we've got to worry about. So we take extra precautions when we're dealing with people that are alive rather than dead. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's currently 18.38 on Friday. I've just driven home. I've had a chance to unwind and just kind of decompress over the last hour and 15 minutes driving home. I'm sat outside my house currently. My boys are inside, probably getting ready for bed, so I'm not going to be too long. Today was a really difficult funeral arrangement. So the family came in for the arrangement, sat down and did all the, the social distancing. Um, really grateful for the family for doing that. As I was going through, I was having to say, due to restrictions, due to COVID, the different things have changed. I'm not giving too much away. It was an Italian family, very religious, Catholics, that came in and wanted the best send-off for the mom, who was the rock, the eldest in her generation. She was born in Italy and was the first generation to come over to England. The person who's keeping both sides from different countries together and when she passed yesterday the family were just overrun with messages of condolences and normally the family from Italy would come over they'd have a massive send-off but unfortunately because of the restrictions and as I was going through the arrangement I was saying rather than going how do you want to give mum the send-off she deserves I was saying well this is the send-off mum has to have when I was going down our arrangement form and we're saying would you like family to carry mom into church can't have a church service because the social distancing restrictions so it's graveside mom can't go into church the night before which she would have loved to have done to stop the spread uh, people touching the same surface uh, multiple times and spreading it any virus we're kind of family bearers so our team has to bear so we take that away from the family. Only six people are going to be allowed at graveside. So when we arrive at the cemetery, at the moment the gates are shut. The cemetery attendants will open the gates for the day of the funeral. When we arrive in the hearse, the attendant will count in six mourners. Anyone after that will be stopped and not allowed in uh, because it's a strict restriction to six people in Birmingham cemeteries at the moment. We can't have the families in a limousine because of the close proximity within the car so they have to make their own way following the hearse and then when we get to graveside our pallbearers will carry mom to grave and lower the mom into the grave and it's not personal it's like someone's being given a script that we have to adhere to and it's what everyone has to do there's nothing personal about it which it's yeah it's not why me and nathan set up lilies but it will all be over soon and this family have said once it's over they're going to be having a big memorial service where all the family from Italy and England will all congregate together and celebrate this lady's life. When that happens it's just going to be such a lovely time.
since this all started, there's been a rise in direct cremations, or also known as unattended services. The way it works is a deceased comes into our care and then they go to the crematorium as normal. Then the deceased is cremated and the ashes are either returned to us or they're scattered in the garden of remembrance. It just depends on the family's wishes. So everything is exactly the same apart from the mourners don't attend. But many families are planning to have a memorial in the future. So once the restrictions are lifted, families are having a memorial to celebrate that person's life. So the changes with COVID-19 and the increase in technology usage within the chapels has been amazing. The local crematoriums, they charge for this service, but because we're devastated that families can't attend, we've absorbed it into our costs. So if our family wants a live streaming, the different crematoriums have different availability. Some of our crematoriums have webcasts available, which you set up via the crematorium. They give you a link and login details. You can email this link to as many people as you like, and then they can stream the funeral uh, and be a part of the service, even if they're not there on the day. The other service that we provide is we're fortunate enough to have a video camera, and we say to families, if there's not a streaming service, we can record it for you if you wish, and we will put the service onto a DVD, and you can distribute that how you wish. There was one family that wanted a recording and the crematorium didn't have the functionality. They wanted a horse-drawn funeral and all they were bothered about is um, recording the horse-drawn, coming down, making it look really grand and it looked beautiful on the camera, it looked absolutely amazing and because all the family couldn't be there, it was so nice to for them to watch the, um, their mother getting such a grand, nice send-off and everyone still being a part of it but just further afield and they felt they satisfied their need of saying, I want to give mum a good send off. Looking on, we've jumped into the future, but it doesn't feel wrong that people aren't there when the streaming service is taking place because they're still being part of it within their own environment they might be able to pay tribute to their the person in their own space so they might have a a picture and a candle at home so they can have their own little tribute to that loved one whilst watching the service and that can be a really intimate time for them It's Wednesday the 13th of May and it's 10 to 2. I'm just sat on the front desk in the office, so I'm just looking out onto the road, which has gone really busy today. So the sun's out and traffic's chocker down the road. It doesn't feel like anything's changed now. It feels like everything's just gone back to normal. But I've had an extremely difficult day. I've just this second walked out of the arrangement room, which is to the right of me, and I'm just looking into it now, and one of the chairs is still like kind of just set back from the table where the grandson was sitting to go through the arrangements, and it feels so strange just 
just looking in there. The reason the grandson came in because his mum is currently in a coma in hospital in the intensive care unit uh, fighting for her life and she's put into an induced coma on the 1st of May and then his granddad, which is her dad, passed away on the 4th of May. So she doesn't even know her dad's passed away. And she's fighting for a loss. And the, one of the first things she's going to be told is that, unfortunately, her dad's passed away and the, the funeral is booked for later this month. And we're just hoping that she can be brought round in time to watch the funeral via live streaming or if she's well enough at all to be able to attend. When the grandson came in and told me, it's really hit me like a, I'm running into a brick wall. It's, it's, it's just, it's really, really, really hard. There's no words that can describe. I was saying to Nathan this morning and I said, today I'm not feeling great. I don't feel like we're doing the services we can and everything and it doesn't feel right having such restrictions. I look outside and everyone, there's traffic, it seems like people are just treating things going back to normal. And then you get a story, a story in a situation like this. It's really, 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 really difficult. My mind's absolutely scrambled just trying to process the situation that family's going through. I've got some more paperwork to do today and uh, some more families to call, but I think I'm... I'm going to take five minutes just to try and process and make myself a cup of tea and just just chill out for a few minutes just to process what um, the situation that's just happened. And the thing is, the families are in such a worse situation than, than me, so I feel so guilty feeling bad. The thing that's kept me going through all of this is, is the families that are going through such difficult times they come to us at one of the worst times in their lives and they still need us. And no matter how difficult it is, no matter how busy we are, no matter how stressful each day is and managing day to day, the families are in a worse position than us. They've just lost one of the closest members of their family and they're coming to us for help. We can't moan or get down about our circumstance of work. I'm so grateful that I can still come to work. I'm still grateful that I can still provide a service no matter how restricted it is. I'm still grateful that I can um, be there for families and just try and help. And then uh, when I've got a weekend off and I'm not on call, I've got two little boys that just turned two, so twins that are absolutely amazing and because they don't have a clue what's going on at the moment they're still full of laughter full of joy running into me in the morning saying daddy get up or I want to watch the airplanes and yeah so that that's nice kind of living for the weekends that I'm off at the moment my wife Nikki she's a doctor and she used to work in A&E and her role there was to keep people alive. And unfortunately, there were times that this wasn't possible. So it is sad, but she is quite accustomed to death as well. I suppose my relationship with death has come on 
massive amounts since starting Lilies because I'd never seen a deceased in my life. So from being a rookie, a newbie to the whole death industry or through to now, nearly five years on, what it's taught me is I've learned to really appreciate life. So before coming into this industry, I might have got stressed out about or frustrated with things that were probably out of my control. But now I just don't sweat the small stuff. Me and my wife, we barely argue. We both have learned that there's no point arguing or having drama or anything because you never know what day is going to be your last. And if you can spend every day at peace with what you've done, then you're living a good life no matter when you're taken because it's, everyone's got a time stamp on them. And when that time's up, as long as you live a life that you're, I suppose, you're at comfort with, then it's a good life. At this moment in time, I've learnt that life is just got to be lived and you just got to enjoy it. And especially now with the current circumstances of COVID-19, how much I appreciate speaking to friends and family over Zoom meetings or FaceTime. You just appreciate the littlest of things so, so much more. And although it's a very sad time, we've got to be grateful for that. I'm just looking into my house now and I can imagine my wife is probably saying, what's he still doing outside? So I'm gonna just go in and say, uh, I'm just gonna go into the house now and there we go. Yeah, so the door's open. Oh, and the wife's been cooking so I can smell a lovely home cooked meal. Oh, my boys are outside playing. They're painting the fence with water. So I'm gonna go now and play with my boys and see what the wife has been cooking. Hello. You can say say hello. Say hello to the phone. Say hello. You can say hello. Or say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good boy. Right. Thank you ever so much and take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye. listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, funeral director Lee Solomon. The producers were Asir Fuchs and Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Leo Hornack, and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Nicola Rawfast. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and more. In these uncertain times, you can keep up to date and well-informed on coronavirus and so much more every day with a digital subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Visit thetimes.co.uk slash subscribe to find out more. We'll be back tomorrow.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.